takes me back to uh, high school 1998 want to be a baller cable smith here thank you so much for tuning in to episode 32 of campfire conversations joining us today big baller shot collar congressman from georgia representative andrew clyde will be here to uh discuss how the biden administration continues to reinvent definitions and language in order to circumvent the Second Amendment, because let's face it, they don't have the votes <laughs> to do anything else on a federal level. So what option do they have? They uh, rewrite words and weaponize government agencies like the uh, FBI and the ATF. That's what they've resorted to uh, in order to try to strip you of your Second Amendment rights. Well, Representative Andrew Clyde isn't having any of that. He has introduced the short act, and uh, he'll explain exactly what that is, and we'll also get into the very innocent addition to a firearm known as the pistol brace, and uh, and now how uh, you or I could become a felon if Biden gets his way by simply not doing anything at all. That's right, doing nothing. You could become a felon. Uh, so without further ado, joining us from his office on Capitol Hill, it is my pleasure to welcome Patriot and Congressman Andrew Clyde to the show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, what did you think of the the uh, State of the Union address yesterday? Well, I set the bar pretty low <laughs> to begin with, and he didn't even make that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was not impressed whatsoever, but he still has the ability to lie. I'll give yeah. you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the, uh, I would say, the underlying theme of the whole deal, <laughs> which is what he's, well, they've become very good at. Uh, but yeah, it's mind blowing. Um, well, so a little bit about you though, your background, do you hunt or shoot regularly? I do. I certainly, uh, I hunt, uh, although this job doesn't give me a whole lot of time to continue that passion, but, uh, right. but I do shoot as often as I can and uh-huh. I'm a pretty good pistol shot, pretty good rifle shot. Not so good with a shotgun, but, uh, uh yeah. but I do, uh, I'm a federal farms licensee. Uh, I've had a federal farms licensee for over 30 years now. I, I own two gun shops in Georgia. Oh, and, wow. Um, I'm actually the only member of Congress with an active uh, federal farms license, an active gun shop. And and uh, it used to be Ted Budd from North Carolina, but he's now in the Senate. So now we have one in each. Oh, right on. Very oh. cool. So what would you say is your favorite thing to hunt then? Uh, deer. Deer. Okay. I mean, I, I occasionally I'll get to hunt squirrels, but um, uh we've got enough of those around the house that that's really just a nuisance kind of thing. Right. But, um, but deer is the, is the one thing that I've hunted and, and, uh, and I'll have, you know, that when I do, um, I dress my own and I clean my own, I don't process it, but I, uh-huh. I do the, I dress it and clean it. <laughs> well, I don't process it either. I think what well, that's one of the perks of this job is we, we work closely with the processor and, uh, they get a little advertising and I get all this delicious sausage and, meatballs and everything you know just shows up and then goes in the freezer <laughs> exactly it's like 80 dollars to now process a deer oh yeah 
that's just uh-huh. to get the the ground like that doesn't include any fancy sausage or you know you're, uh, you're right jerky or anything like that yeah mm-hmm. it's expensive but hey everything's more expensive now thanks biden yeah <laughs> yes, in, in in this new world of uh, of executive Biden, you're right. Yeah. It, uh, everything's more expensive, and and uh, everything's harder. Yeah. Well, any politician who defends the Second Amendment is a friend of mine. And this show, um, you know, we finally ridded ourselves of a huge threat here where I live in Texas, uh, in in Beto. We sent him packing for the third time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's worse than a venereal disease. He just keeps coming back. Um, I'm sure he'll pop back up at some somewhere uh but you know our current president isn't much better when it comes to the second amendment um so from your point of view has there ever been a bigger threat to the second amendment than than biden and his administration well uh what greatly concerns me about biden and his administration is that he seems to be willing you know where obama said i'm going to use a pen and a phone all right Mm-hmm. President Biden seems to be willing to use his executive agencies to go above and beyond their actual authority and therefore to uh, uh, to create government overreach through the ATF, through the FBI, through the Department of Justice, and uh, actually begin to legislate, create new laws. And they're doing it by redefining definitions, whether it's a frame and a receiver or whether it's a stock or whether it's a pistol brace, whatever they're doing, uh, they're creating a law which they don't have the authority to do. And that's a very scary place to be because now you have an executive branch that enforces the law, but then also creates the law. And Mm -hmm. that's not the way our constitutional system was designed to be. We have three separate and equal branches of government, although in reality, the legislative branch, Congress, the representatives is the most powerful branch because we are accountable to the people every two years. We are the most accountable to the people. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, scary. it's scary when the executive starts to, to use, to, to, to take the authority of the legislative. Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's on page one of the, the woke leftist playbook is, you, you know, the definition doesn't suit our narrative. Well, let's just rewrite the definition. What's a woman? Well, let's, let's rewrite that. What's a, what's a, what's a vaccine? Well, we can rewrite that too. You know I mean? <laughs> it's not just with firearms. It's uh, it's, it's insane really. Um, so what, um, what would have happened if we would have lost control of the house? You know, we got the house back. They took the Senate. What kind of, um, you know, what was that? What would have the what would the outlook have been for the Second Amendment if that would have occurred? I think um, President Biden's dream or the left's dream, including President Biden, would have truly been to um, continue to weaponize the agencies of the federal government against conservatives mm-hmm. and primarily against Second Amendment folks. I mean, you're seeing a dramatic increase uh, in uh, revocation conferences with federal firearms licensees, a 500% increase in revocations. Uh, that's the goal here is to eliminate the, the citizens' ability to access the Second Amendment by eliminating federal firearms licensees. You have the manufacturers, you've got the middleman, which is the federal firearms licensee, and you've got the citizen. And in order to buy a firearm to, to exercise your Second Amendment rights, then you've got to go through the dealers to do it. And if you can eliminate the dealers, you can eliminate the opportunity or just make it so hard that people give up. 
And that's what they're trying to do here. And then to create a national database, they're doing so with uh, out of business records, almost a billion out of business records at the ATF, uh, that they are digitizing and creating a searchable database, which is, which is another violation of federal law, but they don't seem to care about federal law. They just make it up. They just redefine it so it doesn't apply to them. Uh, and that's a serious issue for American civil liberties. And we're seeing it. If we would have lost the House, um, we would have had, uh, our country would have been in dire, dire straits. I think we would have, at this point, um, we would have been on the verge of losing our, our, our country, literally, our liberties in our country. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. The march yeah. to socialism would have been very quick. Right. I 100% agree with you there. Um, and, and it's so sad, too, because all anyone needs to do is look north to our neighbors and what's happened in Canada. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they don't have a Second Amendment. So they're they're already starting with, uh, you know, one foot in the grave. But what Trudeau has been able to do and just cram the stuff, it's just like, you know, Biden, I guess, trying to... Um, rewrite, redefine, but he doesn't really even do that. He just says, we're passing this law and we're mm -hmm. doing it. So, right. you know, if you don't right. like it, sorry about you. Right. Um, right. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that I was actually born in Canada oh, and yeah? I spent the first 18 years of my life there. And in 1977, Canada instituted gun control in a serious way, uh, which basically banned almost everything. If you owned a pistol, you just couldn't take it outside your house. Yeah. Uh, you had to have police permission to take it to the range. So, um, you know, very draconian laws. And yet Canada wasn't able to control crime that way because criminals will always get firearms wherever they can on the black market. And as a result, the law abiding citizen suffers more and more and you get more draconian laws and tighter gun control and tighter gun control until basically citizens have no means to defend themselves whatsoever. And then they become subjects and no longer citizens. Right, right. Well, um, let's talk pistol braces. This is something I know you're very passionate about as Biden's uh, attempted to ban them. First of all, for anyone unfamiliar, um, what, what is a pistol brace and what function does it serve? Well, um, I actually have two examples with me right here. Uh, this is a pistol brace for a nine millimeter pistol. You can see the, the back of it is split. Um, this is a pistol brace right here for uh, a 5.56 uh, millimeter pistol. And you can see the back is here, it's got, it's hollow and it's split. So it, it's kind of to go over your forearm like this to brace a heavier pistol to allow you to more easily control it. And, you know, that's a phenomenal thing. Whoever invented these, you know, the gentleman was brilliant because uh, especially with the war in Iraq that we've had uh, over the last, uh, uh, you know, decade and a half um, or two decades actually, you know, you have veterans, uh, disabled veterans coming back from that, some of them uh, missing limbs, some of them, uh, you know, unable to to manage uh, a, a pistol, a large caliber pistol uh, the way they want to. And these braces are very, very important to them so that they can be more accurate. They can enjoy the sport of shooting again. Uh, and so I applaud the creation of the pistol brace and ATF approved it in 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, which was a great thing. And it, be, it started to gain a little bit of popularity. And then when um, uh, people uh, started to, to take the brace and to shoulder the brace, then ATF was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now that it's not legal to shoulder 
So, you know, it was okay to have here and to put on your arm, but once it came up here, then, then now it becomes a short barrel rifle. And so legal, illegal, legal, illegal, you know, uh -huh. just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, and then in 2015, um, excuse me, in 2017, then ATF finally realized that that's just an uh, untenable position. It's, it doesn't make any sense in law and cannot be, be upheld in law. So they recognize that, you know, unless the brace itself is physically modified from its original design as a brace, then it doesn't matter what position on your body you put it on, it's legal. And right. that makes perfect sense. And, and that, was, that was correct. All right. Uh, but now here we are in 2023 with President Biden saying, I'm going to, um, you know, uh, make an end run around the legislative process. I'm going to redefine what a pistol brace is. And basically it's, it's a stock now. And so now it's a, what you have on a pistol is a unregistered short barrel rifle, which makes, which makes it illegal under the National Firearms Act of 1934. So, um, uh, you know, legal in 2012, uh, not legal in 2015, legal again in 2017, illegal in 2023. Uh, even the ATF can't even make up their mind, uh, which I think is a huge detriment to the American people. Uh, we need laws and interpretation of laws that are consistent and logical, and that's simply not what's happening. Right. So um, this, is a, this is a big issue. So what is the SHORT Act? The SHORT Act, well, uh, that is an act that um, basically stands for stop harassing, you know, rifle owners now um, mm -hmm. um, is what it is, what it really means. But um, um, or today, um, but the short act removes uh, short barrel rifles and short barrel shotguns from the National Firearms Act, because if you can take those categories of firearms away from the national uh, away from ATF's authority, then you can simply eliminate this pistol brace issue completely because what they're claiming is that this braced a braced pistol makes it into an unregistered short barrel rifle if short barrel rifles don't have to be registered anymore then it eliminates the issue here so that's that's you know um solution number one is to pass the short act mm -hmm. and i think that would be good for america because who cares what barrel length you're you know, your pistol is or your rifle is, yeah. uh, whether it's 16 inches or 14 inches or 17 inches or, you know, 11 and a half inches. What difference does that actually make? It doesn't make any difference. Why are they why do they think that pistol braces pose such a threat? I mean, what percentage of violent crimes are you or guys using a pistol brace? Oh, I'm going to go rob this gas station. Let me get my pistol brace out. Because that's that's where most homicides occur in, in, in major blue cities is where they occur. And they mm -hmm. want to kick and scream about guys like you and I, law-abiding gun owners that have, you know, I've got a gun safe right there full of guns. They're staying mm -hmm. in the safe unless I'm going hunting or shooting, right? right. I mean, or, right. you know, unless there's one in my waistband. But, mm -hmm. like, we're not out the, the homicide rate in Chicago where they have the strictest gun control is it's mind-boggling. And then they want to throw fits about this kind of stuff which doesn't affect it at all. <laughs> You're exactly right. And having a brace on a pistol simply makes it larger. Okay. And putting that in your waistband is almost impossible to conceal. Yeah. So it, putting a brace on a pistol makes it unconcealable, actually. Yeah. Uh, it, that's really something you want to use at the range uh, to make yourself more steady when you're target shooting. Um, but my belief is that what ATF wants to do here is it wants to further 
expand the national registration of firearms because we know what comes after registration and that's confiscation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very nefarious. I think ATF um, wants to intimidate the law-abiding public here. And, and they have given 120 days for law-abiding citizens to do one of four things. Either they can turn in their entire firearm with pistol brace to the ATF, so basically destruction. You can destroy it yourself, the entire firearm. Again, destruction. Um, you can remove the pistol brace, or excuse me, excuse me, you can, you can put a 16-inch barrel on your pistol. Uh, who in the world has a pistol with a 16-inch barrel? I mean, yeah, that becomes me. even more unruly. Uh, that's yeah. just ridiculous. I mean, I will, you might see some of the historical revolvers with really long barrels, okay? But that's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can take the brace off so, so that, you know, and, 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 and do away with the brace. And, and personally, if I had a pistol-braced firearm, uh, well, I've, actually, I've got a whole lot of firearms, but, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I was out there with a pistol-braced firearm, I, at this point, I would remove the brace and keep my pistol exactly the way it is without the brace. Um, and under no circumstances would I register it with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, because that is exactly what they want us to do. And yeah. I would not do that. Um, but think about it. If you simply do nothing, just nothing, Cable, in 120 days, you become a felon. Yeah. Subject to a $10,000 fine, I'm excuse me, a $250,000 fine and 10 years in jail, and you lose your ability to have a firearm for the rest of your life for simply doing nothing. And the way I look at that is that violates the Supreme Court's rule of lenity. And that was very important because back on January 6th, when the Fifth Circuit came out and they struck down the bump stock ban, they said that ban violated the rule of lenity, which said that that you cannot create a law with a criminal consequence for having a product that was purchased when there was no law against it. So that's a very important principle that will apply here as well. And the ATF blatantly ignored that uh, Fifth Circuit decision when they signed the pistol brace rule a week later on January the 13th. So, Mm. you know, ATF has it coming here. They're going to lose this battle. It might take a little while on the legal side, but, um, but on the legislative side, we can fix it by passing the short act. Number two, um, we can do, it's called a CRA, a congressional, the congressional review act, joint resolution of disapproval, because Congress can do that on any rule that the executive branch creates. And I have that already. We have over 130 Republican co-sponsors on this rule. I'll be introducing it shortly. And it will come to the floor and we will vote on it and pass it on the floor. Uh, Senators um, Kennedy and Marshall are co-hosts, are, are co-leading it in the mm-hmm. Senate on the Senate side. And we can strike it down through congressional legislation and then send it to President Biden's desk for him to sign it. If he refuses to sign it or vetoes it, then we have a third, um, third tool in our toolbox that we can use. And it's called a limitation amendment in the Appropriations Committee. And I am now on the Appropriations Committee, and I am on the Justice Subcommittee, which means I have control. Um, I have input over the entire uh, budget for the Department of Justice, including the budget for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. 
And we can, we can put a limitation amendment to ensure that no money can be spent on enforcing this rule. And that will be my intent to do. Mm-hmm. So, so free that's tools. like, uh, yeah. And that one reminds me of something that they do uh, against hunters. And that is you can legally go to Africa and shoot a lion or, you know, mm-hmm. an elephant or whatever. Okay. But what the left does is now we've eliminated the job of the person that processes the imports mm-hmm. in the United States. So what mm-hmm. do you, how do you get your trophy back? Well, uh, you can't really, because right. that person doesn't, that, I mean, that's how they, they go about that, you know? So right. uh, it's nice to see us flip the script on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if we have to do that, great. You're on the appropriations committee. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's right. And I'm uh, on the justice subcommittee. So, yeah. you know, turnabout is fair play. <laughs> right. Right. And it just sucks that we have to go, you know, stoop to that. I'm not going to say stoop. Uh, we, we have to do what's right for the American people. Uh, but they, they force our hands and back us into a corner. Well, well okay. What other option do we have? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing. And from a conservationist standpoint, you know, all of these, everything that's firearm related that someone buys funds Pittman Robertson, Pittman Robertson act of, I think it was 1937. And that's responsible for billions and billions of dollars in its history that goes to support not just the animals, but the wild places that they call home that we all love. Right. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's the same people that say we want to ban guns. Oh, we also love wildlife so much. Okay. How do you, what are you doing to fund wildlife and conservation? Yeah. Not a damn thing. They also want to ban traditional hunting ammunition on Mm -hmm. federal preserves. Oh, all right. I mean, that's, that's something that uh, they have done because the administration has put in place uh, woke people um, that are environmental extremists in these positions of authority to make these kind of decisions in the federal government, uh, irregardless of what the hunters or the the shooting enthusiasts, uh, regardless of their input. Yeah. So uh, that's another danger that we're seeing from this uh, woke Biden administration. Oh yeah, I mean, I knew when Deb Howland wouldn't uh, commit to a no net loss policy when she was. Um, uh, nominated, I guess, for Secretary of the Interior, like that mm-hmm. was a problem, and we've lost millions of hunting acres, uh, entire units just closed in Alaska for no reason, mm-hmm. and and like you said, these federal uh, wildlife refugees, like non toxic shot only. Well, mm-hmm. that's expensive. Now you're going to price people out of hunting, and you've just lost conservation dollars, and people can't find the ammo, and the ammo right. manufacturers. Right. I've I've discussed it with them. They can't just flip a switch and go from producing lead shot to all of a sudden now we just only do non-tox like that's not realistic and they know that and that's just an underhanded shot at hunters and shooters Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh, and it's interesting on my on my appropriations committee in this congress we also have ryan zinke who is mm -hmm. a former interior secretary under president trump so he actually sits beside me in appropriations so uh, we get to converse a lot um, on that and, and he's uh He's brought to light uh, quite some interesting things that we'll right. be dealing with in appropriations that I think can, can help you all on the conservation side as well. Well, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks for all that you're doing to protect our Second Amendment, our constitutional right as American citizens, not subjects, citizens. That's uh, correct. Thank Citizen. you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Uh, we certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you, Cable. I appreciate the, t- the opportunity. So there you have it, Representative Andrew Clyde, U.S. Congressman of uh, Georgia, joining us today for this episode of Campfire Conversations. So much to digest there. I think the term that's really going to stick with me 
is the idea or the concept of lenity as defined by the Supreme Court of the United States of America, meaning if you purchased a gun legally, it's grandfathered in, baby. You can't take it away from me now just because you're trying to make it illegal because you don't like it. Uh, we'll see how that plays out in New Mexico where they just made it, uh, well, coming up in July of 2023, if you're in possession of an AR that you legally purchased, you are subject to becoming subject. See, uh, ties in every time we talk about the left, but you are subject to becoming a felon, possibly facing 10 years in jail and a $250,000 fine for a weapon that you purchased legally. So we'll see if lenity applies there on the state level. I'm not sure that it will. So uh, really terrible news out of my second favorite state to hunt. I spent more time in New Mexico, uh, but other than Texas, than any other state for elk, grouse, fly fishing, uh, mule deer, you name it. I, I love the land of enchantment, but man, <laughs> I'm going to think twice about spending money anywhere uh, where they don't value the Second Amendment. That's the end of the story. That's why I'll never go to California again, as beautiful as it is. Never. I will never spend another dime in California. But anyway, uh, lots to think about. And you can you know, head over to SCI or, or Sportsman's Alliance, check out their web pages, because, man, there is anti-gun legislation being pushed on the state level every week from every direction. And that's because they know that they are uh, handcuffed federally. So thank God for that. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap this up. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks so much for being a part of this episode of Campfire Conversations, and we will see you next time.